A3 Crosses family, Pastor Danny here with another episode of the Going Deeper podcast. I am replacing our faithful host, Pastor AJ Venegas, this week because if you were here on Sunday, you know that we had a guest speaker, Pastor Ryan Suzuki from CPC Church in Danville, California. Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Today, we are in the last part of our three-week detour from Colossians 3 as we talk about various aspects of our identity. And today, we have a great topic, how does our work relate to our faith in Jesus Christ? Well, I'm sitting here today with Pastor Ryan, who gave us a great presentation of faith and work yesterday at church. Ryan, the question that was coming up in in my mind, in my heart, as I listened to you talk through this subject, was a word that we have heard from the past, we don't use very often today. It was the word vocation. Is that a word that kind of fits with what you were talking about? Help us understand Christian vocation through the lens of what you talked about. Uh, Yeah, I think that when I I used a lot of the word work, and part of why I do that is like when I think we conceive of vocation, we think about a job. You know, I am a contractor, I'm a police officer, I'm a firefighter, you know, I'm a nurse, whatever that is. But I think when I think about work and I think about all that encompasses that is that God, God's view is much broader than that. And kind of the view of work and kind of the work of our hands and what we have to do um, is broader than just your job. Because some of us, it, it can include, it totally includes your job and it totally includes what you do and what your profession is, your vocation, all those different things. But some of us don't have um, a job in the sense that we're working a nine to five or punching in and out. Some of us, we're parents. And that's the work that God has for us. We have the work of raising our children. Um, some of us, that might be listening, might be students, or you have a student in your household. That is the work that uh, your child has, is to be a student. That's part of their work. So when I'm thinking about these things, like I, I want uh, those listening and that hearing this and thinking about this to think, what is it that God has given me to do? Not just my, not just your job, although it includes your job, but what are the things that God has for me? And where is God bringing dignity th- to that? Uh, maybe asking yourself, like, where am I finding too much worth and value in the kind of product or what I'm doing and knowing that uh, that God has something to use you in in that work and everything. You know, one, one of the things that we talked about the first week of our series is that oftentimes we get consumed with these different aspects of our identity as we understand it here on planet Earth, right? Whether it's our work or it's uh, like we've talked about our racial identity, our gender identity, our vocational identity, mm-hmm. or even just like, Hey, I'm a mom or I'm a dad, or I'm a, a guy, I'm a good kid or I'm whatever I am. And where we landed on that first week was saying, okay, our, the most important thing about us is that we have union with Christ, that we died. Our lives are hidden with Christ and God, and we exist in the heavenly places now. And so what we said that first week is that our job as we live and move about the planet is to consider every different aspect of our earthly frame here as a stewardship, yeah. right? And ask that question kind of like you asked right there, God, what, what do you want me to do with this? So my question for you is, if our audience was to look at whatever they put their hand to do, whatever they have to do, their work as a stewardship, how do you think that would affect or change the relationship they have with work right now? So I like the way that you use the word stewardship as a way of talking about these identities because, and really work and vocation, all those things, it's right down the, the the middle of what it means to be a steward of what God has given you. I think all of us can easily identify what it is that God has given us to do, whether you're a student or it's your job or it's some, uh, whatever the thing is, 
we can pretty easily say that's that's what it is. That's what God has for me. That's what God has me to do. And I, I told a story about someone on my team. Um, her name's Elena, and she left uh, she left CPC, a job in the church, uh, to go take a job out in the outside world. And she's doing this work of um, I shared. She's doing this work of helping formerly incarcerated people find jobs, bringing equity to the hiring process. Um, and just thought. That is God's work for her. That's the, the stewardship. She has uh, skills and gifts in PR and marketing and all these different things. And those are the kind of raw materials, the work that God has given her. And the way she's stewarding that is something that's so Christ-like and down the, and what Christ would have her do. You know, when Jesus talks about when I was in prison, you visited me. And when I think about her work, it's like, man, to care for people that can be marginalized, to care for people who are even incarcerated, some people people that maybe our society uh, might easily cast aside, and for her to say, I want to invest in bringing opportunity, uh, to bringing goodness, to bringing uh, valuable work to these people's lives so they might even know Christ more. I mean, not even in a direct sense, but she's bringing kind of human flourishing goodness um, to our society through helping giving these folks some gainful employment. So all of us, when we think about stewardship, what is that thing? Where is it? Where God has given you something. What are the opportunities that he's placed before you? Who are the people he's placed around you? Um, where are the ways, like you look at, um, when you look at the scriptures and bringing peace and shalom and goodness and flourishing, um, I think most of us can identify that those ways that how can we do that? How can we partner with what God has uh, already put in front of us, what he's already commanded us to do and steward that work to bring goodness to this world? I'm thinking as you're talking about, uh, you know, different types of people in the audience listening today, right? There might be some people who are like, hey, man, this is amazing. Yes. Like this, I chose this profession because I want to bring flourishing to the world. Yes. Like this is what I'm talking about. This is my job matters. This is important. And then I imagine another group of people who are thinking, I'm so embarrassed. Like my job is so lame, right? I am not bringing flourishing to the world. I am not causing, right? I'm not visiting people in prison. I'm not saving orphans from anything, right? I'm right. Classically flipping burgers. I'm bagging groceries. I'm mowing lawns. I'm, I'm punching in, I'm punching out. And so it's nice to hear. Yeah. Work is so important. You're doing great things. But what do you say to the person who's like, I'm not doing anything great. My job doesn't matter at all. You trust me. Yeah. I think there's like, there's some different ways to think about that one. I mean, I think it's always on the table to ask the question, um, Am I in the place where God would have me? Um, is there somewhere where you might want to use your gifts or God's been calling you or God's been nudging you? Um, you know, I've met so many people over the years that someone's in industry, they're in corporate America, and God's moving them into a mo- nonprofit space. And he's been nudging them. He's been pushing them. Maybe they need to take the plunge. Maybe that's someone out there that's listening. Just maybe God's actually put something on your heart and you just need to obey that kind of calling that he's put in your life. Um, on the other hand, sometimes part of the work that we have and what God has tasked us with is to be providers, is to be um, nurturers, to be carers and all those things. So maybe you have are punching in a nine to five. It doesn't feel particularly meaningful in the work that you're doing, but it is that way that you're bringing provision. Hey, that is the call of God on your life to be a provider, to care for your family, to care for your needs, not to be uh, kind of a drag on your community, on your church, on your society. That's, that's, you see that kind of in uh, Thessalonians and that idea of work, there's dig- actual just dignity in the work. And that's one of the beautiful things about God. And sometimes uh, I, I know people that are, that uh, are landscapers or do different things. And they see like, hey, I'm beautifying a place for a family. I have a guy at our church and he did pool maintenance. That's what he does. He's got a pool maintenance company. And he just says like, you know what? Actually, 
uh, we were talking about this very t- subject. He's like, you know what? Um, it's been really neat to like think about what I do in cleaning a pool and maintaining a pump and a heater that actually I'm bringing the opportunity for great family time in the backyard, great opportunity to invite friends and neighbors and to actually grow relationship and fellowship. And even sees, you know, he is at, at its core, he's maintaining a pool, but he is being able to recognize and be able to see, you know, that this is his God-given work to bring unity and closeness in a family, to bring a good relationship. So God has something for you in all of those different things. I, I kind of mentioned that quote about Luther. He talks about a milkmaid. And, uh, so just getting milk from a cow is nourishing an entire village. And God will use all of those things. I don't think there's any, uh, there's work that, do, that can't bring glory to God in some way apart from it being sinful in and of itself. But God can use any and all of our work to bring glory to him. And part of it is also, finally, the, the ultimate thing is it's the inclination of the heart. Uh, we looked at the Colossians verse that whatever you do, do it um, to the glory of God. And are you doing it to God's glory? Are you doing it for yourself? Are you doing it to prove something to yourself? Maybe you feel like your job isn't worthy because you don't think you're worthy. Uh, maybe you don't think that what you do uh, really matters or is valuable or is any of those other things that actually what your work says something more about you than really than really it should. Um, ultimately, when we're doing anything that God's put before us, even to bring a goodness to others, I think God is pleased by that and uh, he, he loves it. You know, as you were sharing about the various types of work and kind of the attitude that we bring to our work and in our work. I was thinking about, this might be a total like obscure reference, but I was thinking about a video that came out about a month ago um, on the internet uh, that I saw. It's on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, this video, which was a kid in like AMC theaters or whatever. Do you remember this video? Like the popcorn guy? Did you see that? So as a kid, like if you guys didn't listen to this, uh, this kid is just like scooping popcorn and he's like having the time of his life, right? Just scooping the popcorn, putting on butter, spinning it on his finger like it's a basketball, flipping in the air, big smile on his face, right? And all these comments are pouring in under the video like this guy loves what he does and, you know, gets job offers from around the world because this popcorn guy is is next level. So I'm picturing the popcorn guy as you're sharing about work. And the question I want to bring with that uh, is, how does the topic that you're sharing with us uh, in this message, how does it relate to the attitude with which we approach work or even how we work? Right? What, how do, does the popcorn guy relate to what you're talking about here in any way? And if so, how do we apply that to our own workspaces? Uh, oh, I mean, <laughs> that's amazing, first of all. Uh, I think it absolutely applies. Like The attitude and the inclination of the heart, like we were just saying, matters a lot to the Lord. The Lord looks at the heart. He examines the heart. And that's where he looks. That's what he looks to. And so sometimes I think we get wrapped up in our work because our heart's not in the right place. We're not viewing it as a stewardship. We're viewing it as an ultimate. It is who we are. It is our identity. And I think, you know, there's that old saying, if you love what you do, if you love your work, you don't work a day in your life. And Popcorn Man, totally, he's not working. He's loving life. <laughs> uh, but I think when we do that with the Lord, we're doing that before him, when we know that our work isn't what defines us. You know, how well we scoop popcorn does not define us. How how 
um, successful your children are doesn't define you as a parent, although that can be difficult. What kind of sales numbers you produce, that doesn't make who you are. Uh, that doesn't define you. It's not your identity. It's not all those things. Instead, like you're defined with that union of in Christ, that you are dead to sin, alive in Christ, hidden in him, your life hidden in him. And I think when you do that, we talked a little bit on Sunday yesterday about we've lowered the stakes of things that Sometimes when we, and you lower the stakes, you actually get to enjoy something more. When you really believe that whatever you're doing is the ultimate thing, it says so much about you. It says everything about you. It defines you. Um, all those different things. It, it takes the joy out of it. Um, it takes the enjoyment out of it. And it makes it so we don't actually, we're, we're working out of obligation, out of, we're living in that toil. We're living in that suffering, the thorns, the thistles, and all those things. Instead of what God has done was, is, yeah, those things are there. It's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to go well. Some t- days, you know what? The popcorn just won't pop the way it's supposed to or something like that. But that God looks down on us. He loves us and he cares about us. And he brings dignity to what we do. And we can honor him through our efforts and through all that we do. And we get to kind of leave it there at his feet and trust him with the results. Uh, one of the things that I always, I talk about a lot is I feel like this, the Bible, kind of a big theme in the Bible is that God calls us to do things, that he calls us to work hard. He calls us to be excellent. He calls us to do all these things with all of our might in his name. But in the end, we trust him with the result. We, you know, you and I as pastors, like you might present the gospel, you're sharing the gospel. That's the work of ministry is sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, that people might be saved, that people might know him. But we both know that we're not the ones changing people's hearts. People aren't saved through Danny or through Ryan or through our words. They're saved through the work of the Holy Spirit in people's hearts. It's God's work that, you know, even in our, in a workplace, like you can try, all of us, we've experienced this. You try so hard, you have the perfect plan. You've run it through your team 10 times, a million times. You've worked all of it and you don't get the result that you're hoping for. Um, and ultimately, like that's like that, that kind of thorns and thistles, but you trust the Lord that he's going to provide, that he's going to make a way, that he's going to be a provider in your life, that he's going to give you um, some level of earthly success perhaps, but ultimately that everything is where our life is hidden in him that we have an eternal life, that we have an eternal reward, and that the work that really matters has already been done. So I think when we do that, like you can live like popcorn guy because the stakes are just a little bit lower, that you know it does not all depend on you, and you actually get to live in the kind of joy and the fruitfulness of the work that God has for you. I'm going to do a couple things. One, I think we should have requested that Pastor AJ finds the video of popcorn guy and folds those into the, into the show notes. Uh, second, um, I'm a little hesitant to do this because you're a visitor here, a guest, you're our guest, but I want to bring you a hard-hitting skeptics question. Ryan, this is a tradition on the Going Deeper podcast, Okay, and I think you're up for the challenge. Are you up for the challenge? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, here's the question. As you were talking, the skeptic in me just kept wondering if this whole topic is not a first world topic, right? You're talking about executives move into the nonprofit sector. You're talking about find a job you enjoy. You'll never work a day in your life, right? You're talking about finding joy and fulfillment, just going somewhere where you can provide for your family. And I'm thinking about the millions and billions of people around the world who don't have the luxury of choosing their work, don't have the luxury of enjoying their work, uh, really, and really just struggle to find work. Here's my question. What, how does this topic of vocation, of work, and of God's gift of work how does that apply to folks who live in, in a different 
set of circumstances than us in a first world country like America? I mean, I think one of the great things about where we, I mean, all these things are found in the scriptures and the kind of idea of dignity in work goes all the way back to Genesis. I mean, it goes back to Genesis chapter two, even after chapter one, right? God is working, he's creating, he's crafting, he's doing all these things. And so that dignity that God brings to work itself, that kind of human purposefulness uh, stretches throughout all of the scriptures. And we have all sorts of different contexts. And most of those, a lot of those we would identify as kind of like, a different, much different world than we live in, not a first world as we would consider it. And I, I was just even had this quote marked from uh, Timothy Keller's Every Good Endeavor, which I referred to several times uh, yesterday. Here's, here's what he says. He says, while the Greek thinkers saw ordinary work, especially manual labor, as relegating humans, human beings to the animal level, the Bible sees all work as distinguishing human beings from animals and elevating them to a place of dignity. Old Testament scholar Victor Hamilton notes that in surrounding cultures such as Egypt and Mesopotamia, the king or others of royal blood might be called the image of God. But he notes that rarefied term was not applied to the canal digger or to the mason who worked on the ziggurat. Man, a ziggurat. Very cool. Look that up. Uh, but Genesis chapter 1 uses royal language to describe simply man. In God's eyes, all of mankind is royal. The Bible democratizes the royalistic and exclusive exclusivistic uh, concepts of the nations that surround Israel. So I think there is just inherent dignity in what we do. I mean, there's jobs that the kind of professions and jobs that we see in the scriptures are very simple by, you know, no one's working on a computer. We're not even dealing with abacuses yet and stuff like that. So, but God brings dignity to what they do, whether they're a ditch digger or they're a priest. And there's dignity and goodness that God can bring out of those things. So people working in a different context, a manual labor, in a non-first world context, are they bringing a, can they be bringing a benefit to their society? Absolutely. Can they be like the milkmaiden in Luther's example, bringing a goodness and flourishing and dignity and humanity to their communities? Absolutely. So what, whatever the work is, like the great thing, the good news of this all is God brings dignity to our work. He does, and it's not what he requires of us. It's a gift he gives to us that we might be a part of his creative work, that we might be a part of bringing his goodness, that we might show the gospel through the way that we serve and love and care and work for others. I love the, uh, you know, it's interesting as you're talking about these different contexts, different world cultures, all these different things. What what strikes me is that as folks have a, a varying relationships with their work through their right? Their class, their era, all these different things. It seems like the questions change, right? The questions when Jesus is talking to folks in the Sermon on the Mount, seems the question is, am I going to survive? Am I going to be clothed? Am I going to have food? Right? You bring up questions like, am I any different than the animals? What am I doing here? Like plowing the field here, right? Or questions in a a first world country, like, does this job even matter, right? We're provided for, we got all that we need, but is this the right job for me? The questions change depending on your context. But what is so fascinating to me about this topic that you address here is that in all of those same questions, the answer remains the same. The answer is always your work does matter. Your work does have dignity. God has given you value in that work. You can find it, but it doesn't define you. You will be provided for. He is ultimately in charge of all things. Uh, question for you. How how does that, I mean, am I, am I onto something there? <laughs> is that true? Or am I just like getting out of left field here? Oh yeah. I mean, I think ultimately it all comes back to the way that God sees us, that God, we are created in his image. I mean, you guys just did a, ser- you did a series on that too, that you're created in God's image and likeness, 
that you're made. I, I just love that. Like we are like God in some way that he created us with dignity and worth. And he didn't just, I don't know. He just didn't just set us here to do whatever. He gave us purpose and tasks and the, all these things that we might know him more. Like I do think, you know, the Bible talks a lot about when Jesus, when we suffer, we're closer to Jesus because he suffered. And I think in the same way, like in all these areas, when we are doing the things that are like God, that he does, we can be, we have the opportunity and even the likelihood of being closer to God. When you work, God works. He's at work. He's always at work. Um, from the very beginning, he works. And when you work, you get to be closer to him, whether you're, it's your hands like you rot something out of the ground or you're uh, clacking away at a keyboard. There's actually like a goodness and there's a dignity in all of that. That's who our God is. It's not like, I, I kind of talk about this a lot and you know this um, from our friendship. It's just, I think one of the great things about the scriptures is it's, they're real. It's real. It's about reality. It's not um, just pious religious language, although there's plenty of piety and plenty of religiousness in the scriptures, but it's a real words for a real world. We live in a world where you work. We live in a world where you labor, where you have to have a job, where you have to raise your kids, where you have to work on your marriage. And the Bible speaks to that. And it doesn't even just consider it just this necessary evil, this thing that we have to do. It's this thing that we get to do and actually is a gift from God. Of course, it's all distorted by the fall and the curse that there is uh, toil, there's thorns, there's thistles, there can be pain. But that's not all there is. It's actually just a part of it. There's actually goodness that God brings out of it, that God still uses you, that God still uh, works for you. I mean, one of my first, one of my favorite jobs uh, that I've ever had so I worked at Target. I worked at Target Dublin. I would do it again. I loved it. And it was it's a simple job. You're checking people, you know, you're checking groceries and all the many products that Target carries and all these different things. Or I worked at customer service and someone paid a nickel more than they should have and they wanted their money back. And I loved it. It was just fun to serve people, to care for people. They had they had needs, whether it's clothing or food or whatever it was. And I got to be a part of providing for them. I got to be a smiling face and just um, a happy person to send them on their day. And I really do believe even that, like God brought dignity, God ha- brings dignity to that. God is, was pleased by that. There was a word I could do that to, for his glory, or I could do that for myself. And I just found myself, even in those days, like you're checking out, uh, you're, you're scanning things and you can do that to God's glory and bring a goodness uh, to others and a flourishing to your community. Okay. I did not expect to get a great glimpse into Target red shirt Ryan. That is an exciting glimpse. Still uh, have my badge. Still have my badge. Do you still have your badge? Yeah. Oh, see, you got to bring that <laughs> I'll bring next time you preach on that. Wow. Uh, as you talk about Target, I'm thinking, you know, you shared a little bit in your sermon just of the the journey that you've had in your own relationship with work, right? Going from, you didn't talk about Target in your sermon, but going through a season of really having to wrestle through what is work and how do I relate to it? My question, you know, if Target was the beginning, now let's kind of stand to where you are today. Looking back at the last however many years of various jobs you've had and all that, uh, where do you feel like you are today in terms of your relationship to your own personal work? Like what, what are some lessons you've learned? How do you apply this in your day-to-day life? Give us a little uh, personal Ryan uh, look behind the curtain before we close out our podcast today. Yeah, I think when I think about that, I, I think about kind of what I, I had just shared about you work hard, you work to the best of your ability, you do with with all that all that you have and you trust God with the result. And I think that's something that even though that's been a big theme in my life and something that I believe and I've said uh, many times, it's not something, it's harder to live. Like many things in the scriptures, it's simple. It's not a hard concept. 
Uh, but sometimes it's hard to actually do it. It's hard to actually live it out. And I'd say in this last couple of years, that's where I've, where God has done a work in my life to remind me that I need to be faithful in the work that he puts before me, but I don't get to control. I don't have as much control as I think I do, nor would I want to have as much control over the outcome um, that there is. So just uh, I get to oversee our men's ministries at CPC, and we had we had our men's retreat uh, last weekend, and signups were kind of slow, and I felt like in years past, I would have been really anxious about signups. I would have been anxious about like, why aren't they signing up? Is it me? Do I need to say something? Do I need to do something? Uh, what's going on here? And then at the end, if it didn't measure up to what I thought it should be, I would take that kind of, oh, I didn't work hard enough. I didn't do enough. I could have done better. Um, and instead this year, it was slow. If you've ever worked with a bunch of men, getting them to sign up for something is near impossible. Um, but I just, I felt so differently about it. It really, nothing changed in my actions, really. I did all the marketing they should have done. I went around and talked to guys, made phone calls, had teams, you know, reaching out to guys. But I just didn't feel like the edge. I didn't feel the anxiety. I didn't feel the kind of sadness or taking it kind of personally in the sense that thinking I, beating myself up, I wasn't doing that. And instead I knew like, God, I have been faithful in this call. Um, and Lord, you're going to do a work. No matter how many guys are there, I know that you're going to do a work, that you're at work just as I'm at work, and you're tireless at your work. Um, and so just that kind of perspective on it was a pretty radical departure of where I've been. Um, and it just reminds me of that, kind of taking us back to that that verse that I, uh, that I quoted several times, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For as by grace you have been saved through faith, this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of work so that no one may boast. None of these things are what I've done. I can't increase them or decrease them. I can't work my way into them or out of them. And then I lo- so that's what I have. That's the gift I have. That's the work that Christ did for me on my behalf. So now I'm in. I am in Christ. I am a I am a son of God. I'm a co-heir with Christ. I am all these things. I'm a son of the Father. But then afterwards there it is. For we are his workmanship created in in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So I think for me, I've learned more, still learning, but I'm learning that I'm just walking in those good works that God has prepared for me. He's already laid all the groundwork. He's done everything. Now I have to walk in them. So that's been the huge transformation that God has been doing in my life, just to lower the stakes, to know who I am in Christ and to walk in the works that God's prepared for, for me. Now, as you're sharing that story, I'm feeling the the tension of everything that you're teaching welling up inside of me right now because the question that I feel like I should not ask, but everything in me wants to ask is this question, did guys sign up for that men's retreat? What happened? What was the result? Uh, yeah, we, we got enough guys. We got uh, more than what we were expecting, kind of our goal. And it's, you know, I'm even hesitant to say that because really – even before that, even before we got to the number, you know, getting to the number, it was great. But God had that work in me and that kind of that lessening of tension, that lowering of the stakes. I felt like that was what God had for me. That's what God wanted to teach me. God, that's what God wanted to show me to remind me that I'm, I'm his son. I am alive in Christ and that I get the uh, dignity and the opportunity and the blessing of participating in the work that God has. 
Um, so yeah, we had a great weekend and God was good. I love it. Well, thank you, Ryan, for coming out and sharing with us, taking a time away from your work week and departing from your church to spend time in ours for a few hours. And our folks at church on Sunday were blessed by your message. And hopefully our listeners today are blessed in the same way as well. So thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks. We'll see you all next time as we dive back into the Going Deeper podcast. <laughs>